Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to In-Depth. I'm your host, Sybil Summers from 98.7 K-Love. I've got with me my chica, Susie Solis. She anchors KRLD AM mornings. Hey, hey. Hey, girl, hey. Also, Kristen Diaz. She anchors KRLD AM afternoons. Woo-hoo. Hey, thanks so much for having me here. So we're here to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month, which is going on right now until October 15th. And I have to get this out of the way right now because, um, well, first of all, you guys are the experts because y'all are both Latinas. I'm only half Mexican. So that's why I didn't get to be on the actual show. What do you mean only (laughs) half Mexican? Right there, girl. You are Latina. Okay. Exactly. There's no only. I've met your mom. I know you're Latina. (laughs) That's true. Yes. See, but y'all speak Spanish and I don't. That so. do, that is that's a misconception that you have to speak Spanish to be Latina or considered Hispanic. It's it's, it's okay. Yeah, we, it's all love. We accept we accept we accept everyone. We embrace everyone. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's one of the things I want to get to. But first, I want to talk about so Hispanic Heritage Month. I mean, as we all know, we read the news every day. It's part of our jobs. Latinx is such a big thing. So what is the difference in Hispanic, Latina, Chicana, uh, Latinx? Like, what are we supposed to say now? That's a great question. Mm -hmm. Well, when we're talking about Hispanic, that means from Spanish speaking countries. So for example, Spain is considered Hispanic because it's a Spanish speaking country, but it's not Latino. Latino is from Latin American countries. Okay. And so that's the difference, right? Um, As far as Chicano, some people take offense to that and some people take offense to Latinx as well. So that's not being used as often anymore. Uh, But I honestly think it's like a personal preference of what you want to be called. Mm -hmm. Right. As far as Chicano and Tejano, I always grew up understanding that if you're a Tejano, you're from the Texas area, you're, uh, my grandmother would say the border crossed us. <laughs> Our family was always in this uh, South Texas region. Right. Um, and for generations, right. And then Chicanos, my understanding was that they were from uh, the northern western portion of Mexico, which used to be, uh, which is now California, which again, border crossed them. So that was my understanding for those two phrases as well. And especially with Latin X, that is just like newly emerging, right? And mm-hmm. I think that has also came up with 
people who are non-binary or gender neutral and Latinos, even though it is inclusive to both men and women, people who don't identify with either one um, then want to be considered Latinx. And that's my understanding of it. Uh, I don't know, Susie, if you have heard something different. Yeah, no, that's that's totally what what I understand as well. See, that's a great explanation because I thought that was all encompassing and I didn't realize that it could also be taken uh, offensively. Yeah, that some people um, definitely, I, I get a little frustrated with Latinx because I have always been, no, I'm Latina, I'm Latina, but that's because that's my sexual preference, you mm-hmm. know, to identify as female. For someone else, I can understand why they want, you know, um, why they want Latin X to be used. I think it's also though one of those things where everyone feels like it's just con- like the new norm. And I think there's a lot of traditionalists that are debating that right now. Okay. So, yeah. And well, as journalists, I think sometimes it it's a topic of the conversation more often than not. Right. Well, we'll have an update for everybody then when we do this in 2023. Right. <laughs> there will be another new term. Exactly. <laughs> so how do you ladies celebrate? We'll start with uh, Susie on this one. Celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month? Yes, ma'am. You know, I I don't want to say I necessarily celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month because Hispanic Heritage Month is about really showing um, people what Latinos are, what Hispanics do, what we, you know, what our traditions are. And, you know, I want to say that I do that all the time. And I really love to empower um, other women and especially Latinas um, because of what my mom showed me. You know, the story that I always tell is that my mom, you know, I grew up in a Spanish speaking household and I played soccer and my mom said that when she would go to the soccer games, she didn't understand what the other parents were saying. And so she said to us, the kids start speaking to me in English. And so we started speaking to her in English so she could learn English. And she started going to school at the same time. And she graduated from college when she was 42 years old. And so I was witness to all of that. And for me, that just showed me that, you know, you can do whatever you want, whenever you want, you're never too old to like do what you want to do. Um, and I still abide by that rule. And I try and honestly um, inspire other younger Latinas and just other women in general um, to live by that rule. Yeah. What about you, Kristen? Was your uh, first language Spanish, English? Was your household Spanish speaking? How did it go for you? I learned both um, when I was little at the same time. Uh, my parents always spoke English to me and my brother and sisters, uh, but we always had our grandparents speak only Spanish to us. Um, and they helped raise me. So, um, they, you know, and I always had a Spanish speaking nanny as well. Um, both my parents were full-time workers. So if it wasn't my abuelas taking care of me, we had a full-time nanny who spoke Spanish to me and my sister now does that with her kids. Um, and so we definitely, you know, wanted to keep Spanish, you know, going through generations, you know, um, it's funny though, that my oldest sister and my brother, they don't speak Spanish <laughs> Right. and my, they're my half brothers and sisters. And so when you were saying, well, I'm only half, I'm like that, <laughs> that counts too, because my brothers and sisters, they're half Cuban, but then they're also half German and or a quarter German, quarter Polish. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, I'm half Mexican, half Cuban. So, um, 
you know, it, we're, you know, we're all for me, I'm, you know, we accept everyone, right? Whether it's, you know, quarter or half or whatever. Um, the way that I celebrate, though, I think when I talk to people, it's reminding people that Latinos are not a monolith, right? We're not just Mexican because we're in te- Texas, mm-hmm. you know, um, I got that a lot because I am half Cuban, you know, but my mom is Tejana. Uh, so I, I learned from the both, you know, two different cultures and running in my household. Right. And I think that's more so important as I see, like my sister, for example, she texted me yesterday that she took my two nieces to, um, Fiesta DC. They live in DC and they had literally like every Latin American country present at this big festival downtown. And they had performers in their traditional um, garments and food and different types of musicians playing. I loved that because I was like, gosh, this is what we need to continue to educate everyone, you know, um, that they're not all the same, like Mexican music. When you go to like a Mexican restaurant and you hear like salsa playing, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, wait, <laughs> but do they know that it's not just like salsa isn't like Mexican music, you know, <laughs> because we know that, but like not everybody else knows that. Right. right. You know, so things like that, I think um, it, I love enjoying, you know, just learning about other cultures, uh, being air, able to uh, uh, eat every, everybody's food. <laughs> <laughs> because it's always on display on specifically on Hispanic Heritage Month. Um, and my biggest thing now as an adult is making sure that, you know, the next generation, my nieces, my nephew, that they are aware that there are, that it means something different to everyone who is Latino, right. um, depending on where they come from. Yeah. Like on the, on the half thing. So my sister and I, we are both half. Um, our mom is Mexicana and then our dad is a gringo. I'm not sure exactly what his makeup is. I mean, I know him, but um, I, he, he doesn't know. Uh, so we were never taught, even though both my parents are fluent, they wanted to keep that from us as a way, like kind of a secret language when they had to have adult conversations or <laughs> talk about Christmas presents or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this is back in the eighties. It was still stigmatized to yeah. have any sort of last name that sounded yeah. even remotely Hispanic or, um, to speak Spanish, you know, everybody wanted their kids to only speak English and to learn English. Yeah. And so now it's such an asset. And I wish, I mean, I, it's never too late, Susie, like you just said, your mom went back to college at 42, but I keep making excuses like, ah, maybe that'll be my new year's resolution next year. Yeah. Or, you know, I know a little bit, but I, I, that is one of my goals is to be better at this. So stuff like this is really important for me because this is all part of it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I don't know, Susie, if you had that experience, but I, I can relate to you, Sybil, because my mom will always, my mom being Tejana, her her Spanish was not that great. Mm-hmm. And w- some of the conversations in my household is my mom and my dad fighting about how to say things in Spanish because <laughs> Mexican Spanish and Cuban Spanish are not always the same sometimes yeah. in certain things. And like, a straw, like absorbente or popote. They're two different <laughs> words. Uh-huh. And my dad, I remember that like yesterday when he was like, what es un popote? That's not, you know, that <laughs> word. I mean, he thought my mom made it up because the Hanos tend to make up a little Spanglish. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. We make up our own words sometimes. And um, yeah, like those are some of the things I remember having conversations about as a kid. But my mom would say when she was in school in you know, in the seventies, like they were not allowed to speak Spanish. Mm-hmm. They got in trouble 
And she, she was like, I'll never forget going home crying because I got taken to the principal's office for speaking Spanish and check this, not even in the classroom on the bus with her brother and sisters. And they, they were told that they were not allowed to speak Spanish. So uh, my, my Tejano side of the family, their Spanish is very broken, you know, Mm -hmm. and, um, and so that's, that's not uncommon. Right. You know, yeah. It's not uncommon at all. And, uh, and for me growing up in El Paso where, you know, 80% of the people there are Hispanic, Spanish speaking, um, Latinos. Well, me being in the radio business and people, I, and people still tell me to this day, you sound like a white girl, you know, <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> um, and same. I'm just like, well, what, I mean, but what is that? Like, what? what is that supposed to mean? You know what I mean? And so I think it's important. um, That's why I think it's so important for people like me, like us um, to be in the media, to show that, you know, we're not just one thing. We're a lot of different things. Mm -hmm. On that note, you guys are both involved in all sorts of Latina, especially female oriented organizations that help promote the culture and women in media, things like that. Um, Kristen, tell us about some of the things that you do. Oh man. So I, um, I really am, I'm following the footsteps that, uh, that were in, ahead of me. My mom was in media, uh, for oh, cool. the majority of her, well, all of her career. Yeah. And, um, and so it's, it's wild for me because I, I grew up around radio and television my whole life, but as a kid, I never aspired to be in this industry, but you know, somehow God steered me in this direction and, um, and I'm thankful for it, but my mom was very much, um, everyone's cheerleader. Mm -hmm. You know, she loves to see Latinos win. She loves to see them pick themselves up from the bootstraps and get successful in this country. You know, she, she is everybody's cheerleader. And, um, when she got into her career path and, ended up into management from sales into management. She was uh, the general manager of Univision and Televitura here in Dallas for 19 years before she retired. Wow. And so as a kid, my mom would always take me to all of the, you know, all of her work events, you Mm -hmm. know, and community events. And that was her, her motto and her strength working with her, her crew it was always about, it's about the people. It's about the people we serve and we are public servants to them, you know? Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I saw that at a very young age. And so it, it, to me, it's very natural to be like, yeah, I want to come and help and talk to the school. Yes. I want to be at the, you know, whatever businesswoman event. Yeah. yeah. I want to be, you know, for me, that is, it's enjoyable, but it's also, it's just very natural. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very thankful that I've been able to, you know, give back in the way that I have working with the National Association of Hispanic Journalists and being a member and, um, you know, most recently coming here to Dallas, uh, linking up with the Hispanic Initiative. And, um, you know, just next week, I'll be going to speak to a school for Hispanic Heritage Month. And I'm excited to go speak to the kids when I was, uh, most recently in Corpus Christi, uh, I was doing that a lot, going to schools and talking to kids because not everyone can say, oh, my, well, my mom was in media. And that's, you know, right. I, I understand that that's a huge privilege that I have. Mm-hmm. And um, I hope that I can just inspire kids that, you know, someday want to want to get into this field because it's important. It's yeah. really important that their voices are heard and and that they feel comfortable 
to share their stories as well. It's good work that you're doing. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I love that I get to be associated with another freaking powerhouse Latina like Susie Solis. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you my story about Susie, okay? Because <laughs> Susie is freaking amazing, all right? You know, she, you, she is. She, she's everywhere. I don't know where she gets <laughs> the energy to do everything that she does, but she's everywhere and she kicks ass at, at it, okay? But Aww. what I will say is I've admired Susie since I was a college student. Because Aww. I interned at NBC5, where she was a reporter there. And I remember asking the news directors, can I be with her? I wanted to shadow her. Yeah. But my schedule never met up with hers. Mm-hmm. And I never was able to link up with her back then. And then when I got the job here, and they were like, oh, yeah, we have a Latina in the morning, Susie. So I was like, oh, <gasps> <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, I'm so fangirling. I remember the first time we had coffee and I was just like kind of nervous because I was like, oh my God, I've always wanted to meet her. And it's like 10 years later, here I am finally getting to, <laughs> to meet her and to work with her, which is awesome. So yeah, no, let me tell you, like, uh, it's it's definitely cool to have. Uh, I know the feeling of seeing other Latinas in, in, the, in the industry that you hope to be in yeah. and how important that connection is. And uh, so I know. And Susie and I go way back as well to the NBC five days also, because we've known each other um, forever. And if you just go to at Susie says on Instagram, you can see all of the events that Kristen was just talking about. Like, tell us about some of the groups that you work with. Yeah. um, You know, well, Kristen, first of all, that is like the sweetest story ever. Um, (laughs) It's true. I told you that. Yes. So cute. And simple. Yeah. I mean, people can't see this on Zoom, but Susie's blushing. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, Well, yeah, like I said, you know, I, uh, my mom has been an inspiration to me. My grandmother was also just like the sweetest lady in the world. And um, you know, for me, it's just important to empower other women. And so one of the groups that I'm a part of is called Hey Chica. And it's a, it, the founder is a really good friend of mine. And it's all about, you know, building that sisterhood. We have a thing called No Mean Girl Movement, where it's about, you know, not talking smack about other women, but really empowering each other. And um, specifically dealing with like mental health issues, self-care, stuff like that things that in the Latino community we wouldn't do before, mm-hmm. you know, um, or that it was more taboo. Like, I know, no vas a hacer eso, you know, like go to church instead. You know what I mean? We, and so for us, it's about like bringing the next generation into a more um, stable, I guess, or trying to build that sisterhood so that we can all support each other. Um And so now, um, beyond that, I also teach a class, TV and radio announcing at UNT, which I really love to be able to, like, you know, be a part of the next generation that's going to come into media. Um, And and I just love it, you know. Um, To me, I I I know what it's like to feel shy and um, not seen and. Um, and so I want to make sure that I am able to make other people feel seen. That I love this. This is fantastic because I, I was going to ask who you guys look up to and who you were mentored by. And it sounds like I know a lot of it's family related, but it sounds like you're already passing it down to kids who are up and coming. It's 
just fantastic to hear things like this that are going yeah. on. No, absolutely. I mean, you know, when I was in, when I first started in radio, um, I was in college and I started doing overnights and um, there was a guy named Courtney Nelson. He was my program director. And he's the one who basically like made me listen to my air checks every single day, after the show, <laughs> which you know what a nightmare that is. <laughs> but, um, but he's the one who made me who I am today. I will say that. Um, and there have been a lot of people along the way um, that I've worked with that have been amazing. Um, but, you know, the bottom line for me, like I said, is always, always empowering other people to make them feel like they can do whatever they want, whatever that is. Right. Absolutely. It's good stuff. Uh, I mean, I, I love seeing it. It is very, this culture is very family oriented. And you guys have both mentioned the way everyone is embraced. Everyone is welcome. And I know just from being at my mom's side of the family, the events, I mean, there are second and third cousins who I've never even met who are like, Mija, come here, you know, did you get a plate yet? And yeah. I mean, it's food, it's family, it's religion. These are all some of the stereotypes that are actually true about the Hispanic culture. What do you guys think are some that maybe aren't so true? Like, I'll, I'll throw one out. Um, People always think that we as Latinas are very hot tempered, you know, like, oh, we're quick to go off on someone. And <laughs> my mom, yes, okay, she, I will put her <laughs> off in that category. But my stepmom, who's Ecuadorian, not a, she, I've never seen her get mad in 25 years now. I personally, I mean, if you guys know me, I don't get mad that often. It's very hard to push my buttons. So, what are some of the other ones that you guys can think of that maybe we want to squash those stereotypes because they're not always true? Um, I actually encountered a bit of a stereotype when I got into the industry. Um, you know, I, I, I went to UNT, studied radio, TV, and film. And um, I had worked at the television station there at on campus and in various roles, production, uh, reporting, anchoring. One of the most consistent roles that I did the, the four years that I was there was weather anchoring. And by the time I graduated, I was really interested in meteorology. Um, but I had been working uh, simultaneously at CW33 since I was 18 and um, had been working at the radio station on campus as well. And so I really beefed up my resume and I was like, you know what, I should at least try to go for the reporter position because I think that's really what I want. But going back to school wouldn't be a bad idea for meteorology uh, long-term. Mm -hmm. And so I ended up getting my first job in Corpus Christi as the weekend weather anchor and weekday morning reporter. And I wasn't certified. I was actually actually shocked. They actually hired me for just a weekend news anchor, weekday reporter position, and then I ended up switching it to weather anchor. And I was really excited about it. Yeah. But when I got into the role, you know, I quickly realized that I was getting stereotyped as like, oh, she's just a pretty, you know, Latina weather girl. Mm -hmm. You know, she's she's just trying to be hot or whatever. You know, she's just. And I think that is a stereotype, the the Latino weather girl, because I mean, let's face it, it's in Spanish media. It's, you know, you got to look hot, yeah. <laughs> you know, she's got her cleavage hanging yeah. out if she's doing the new. Right. And so uh, being in an English media, it was it was for me, I did have to fight that off. I had to fight off that stereotype that, oh, I'm just trying to be a pretty girl 
you know, telling you that it's going to be 75 and sunny the rest of the week. <laughs> no. So I went back to school through Penn State University to get certified in weather forecasting and, you know, really try to pay my dues and try to always like make sure that I was dressed appropriately and, you know, that I was, you know, always top notch, you know, mm -hmm. and buttoned wow. up. And my, you know, my dad would always say like, make sure you, you come in your business. You know, you don't, you don't mingle, you don't try to, you know, you have to prove yourself, you know, and I feel like that was one of the stereotypes that, you know, I had to kind of get over, you know, getting into the, getting into the role of uh, weather forecasting those first couple of years. Right. Um, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Well, I think for me, um, for ex I'll give you a couple of examples, but when I first moved here, you know, I was a reporter at NBC five. I always say I was the token Latina. Mm -hmm. Um, and my, uh, husband at the time, you know, we had a house in North Dallas and he was, we were outside working on our yard and people stopped to ask us, uh, if they could speak to the homeowner oh. um, and how much we charge. Mm. Oh. And so it was like, uh, okay. And then, you know, these kinds of things would happen to me all the time when I first got here. Yeah. Um, I even did interviews with, you know, elected officials and they would say, where in Mexico are you from? And I'm like, uh, El Paso, Texas. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it's on the border, but right. it's kind of what it's, it's in the U.S. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and then the other thing that people would say is, or they'll ask me like, oh, you know, so what are you? You know, people don't know. And I'm like, oh, I'm Mexican, Mexican American or whatever. And they're like, oh, you don't look Mexican. And it's like, yeah. well, what, what does that, yeah. what does that look like? Because right. I'm not making tortillas or I'm not <laughs> yeah. cleaning your house. You yeah. don't sound like me either, Susie. You don't sound Mexican at all. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, yeah. you know, it's, and so that's why, again, it's so important, I think, for, for us to be seen mm -hmm. um, as multifaceted people and that, yes, of course, there are Mexicans who uh, do yards, um, but there are also a lot of other people who do yards, you know, there are a lot of Mexicans who make, I mean, yes, we know that Mexican food is amazing, of course, um, yes. <laughs> but we don't all make tortillas, you right. know what I mean? Um, some of us and buy so, them. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, for real. That absolutely. That's happened to my dad too, with the stopping to, to ask about uh, what they charge. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. Gosh. All I right. I just wonder how people feel after asking that question. Like, do they, does it resonate with them that they've, right. <laughs> that they've just, you know, insert foot in mouth or do they go on and thinking, oh, well, this is just this one case, you know? Right. Like, right. Those are the people who ask, how far along are you? You're like, oh, yeah, exactly. not again. it was a pandemic. Right. I gained 20 pounds. <laughs> right. Oh, well, before we wrap up, um, like what is one thing you guys want to leave people with about Hispanic Heritage Month and how important it is and what people should know? I think living in Texas, sometimes we just think that everybody's Mexican. Mm -hmm. And so I just really encourage anybody listening to this to learn about other Latin cultures, you know, um, look up if there are any you know events that are going to be featuring something like Fiesta DC, where it's a whole bunch of different um, cultures coming together, or, you know, go visit a restaurant. Texas um, Restaurant Association has a list of, you know, restaurants in the state right now that are either Hispanic owned or Hispanic led and, you know, Latin fusion or, or specific, you know, cultural foods. 
why not go try a place, you know, yeah. go support somebody. So I, I really encourage people to just kind of branch out that it, we're not just all Mexican here right. just because we're in Texas. That's a great point. Cause Gloria is like, people always think it's Mexican yes. or Tex-Mex. And I'm like, no, it's Salvadoran. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's good. I mean, I love it too. Um, <laughs> I would say, yeah, kind of the same, kind of uh, drawing off what um, Kristen has said is that, you know, we're not all the same. And, you know, it's just like all white people are not Irish or German or Polish. I mean, there's all different kinds of people and we're all different. And I think even more so now we're becoming even more of a melting pot. Um, and I think it's just important to, um, you know, not try and pigeonhole people. I think it's important to celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month because like it's an opportunity for you to explore all these different cultures. And all of these cultures are all about fun, partying, food, drinking, having a great time. Um, and so just have fun with us, you yes. know, um, because we're always going to be at least in the Mexican culture and most of the other um, Latino cultures that I know, we're, we're going to welcome you with open arms and um, invite you into our homes and um, and ask you to be a part of the fun. Absolutely. I love it. All right. Well, Susie Solis, Kristen Diaz, thank you guys so, so, so much. I appreciate you taking time out of your day and everything you're doing for the communities and for the youth in our communities. You guys are awesome. Oh, thank you. And thank you for doing this, Sips. Absolutely. We'll see you next time on In Depth. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. T-Mobile.com. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.